Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Deb, you went and saw a movie on the weekend. I sure did. What'd you go see? Well, I went to see uh, The Equalizer 2. <laughs> You're telling me that you had Mission Impossible 6 available to you. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't sold out. Not even close. And you went to see The Equalizer 2 instead. I like Denzel Washington. Wanted a little Denzel. You need to have a kid ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) You're a dad in waiting. (laughs) Devin Peacock hates music. Can't stand it. I don't like that racket. Turn it down. He's got hair growing out of all sorts of different places. Can't stop it. And he loves himself a good Denzel Washington movie. Give me a little DW. He's <laughs> <laughs> got dad written all over it. Uh, was it good? It was good. It was really good. First Equalizer movie I enjoyed. I thought the ending was a little ridiculous. I almost found like uh, Denzel turned into an extreme Kevin McAllister in that hardware store. <laughs> Setting booby traps for the bad guys and... Is equalizing everything so good? I know the first one was criticized a little bit because the the plot, like the people thought the plot kind of lacked a little bit, which is where you kind of get at. I thought the the plot and the sequel pretty good. Okay, pretty good. Mission Impossible Two crushed it at the box office on the weekend, and critics are saying it's one of the best movies, action movies ever, not just of the year ever. Gonna give it a chance? Will you? I might. I mean, I mean, the fact they keep doing the the face thing where you they rip off the faces all the time. It's just little. Not a fan of that. I just you know. So I, I saw when they first did that, like what twenty years ago almost. Uh-huh. And then they they've been replaying some of them on TV recently, and so I watched a bit of of half of it, and part of it where the the guy takes off a face and they're making a face. I'm like, you're still doing the face stuff. Kind of kind of bugs me. Equalizer two. Denzel keeps his face on the whole time. His face. All the time. The Tash Show Podcast. Dunner, who does the afternoon show here on FM 96, she lives with MS. Andrea Dunn, Dunner, good morning. Hi, Tash. Congratulations. We are so proud of you, Dunner. Well, thank you very much. I mean, I'm proud of the whole team. I, I, don't, even, I don't even think words can express how grateful we are to all the people that were out riding this weekend and helping to raise so much money to find an end to MS. Yeah, the MS bike tour went from Grand Bend to London on Saturday, and then on Sunday you guys got on the bikes again and went back from London to Grand Bend. What what was the toughest part of the ride for you? Uh, Saturday was a long one because you get up early to drive to Grand Bend, right? And then you get on your bike and you ride. And I think it's just, just after a while, it's like, oh man, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this anymore. But then you just keep going, right? Because you know what you're doing it for and you know that there is an end in sight and there's cowbell beer at the end of this whole thing. So that was the hardest part, just just keeping going, but... Oh, I thought you were going to say the hardest part was not cracking a beer while we were riding our bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that too. That oh, you look at your jerseys look fantastic because uh, our friends at Cowbell Brewery um, were, were sponsoring your team. You were on Team Cowbell, and you guys all had the Absent Landlord jerseys on, and it looked like you had cans of beer 
in the water bottle pockets in the back of your jerseys, right? So if, let's say, Eric the producer was riding in front of you, you would you would see those beers. But I guess that would be good. It would be like having the carrot to chase exactly. on the treadmill, right? Yes, that's what you're like. The end has beer. I just focus on this and I keep going. Well, you know how at the end of the Tour de France, they always drink a little champagne as they cross the finish line. You guys should... Crack open a beer as you crack as you cross cross the finish line in Grand Bend. I should have. I should have cracked a cowbell beer and poured it over my head. <laughs> That's alcohol abuse, Dunner. That's a waste. You're right. You're right. That is it also waste. must have been nice to have Eric the producer riding a bike with you because anytime you felt like giving up, you just look at Eric and you're like, Man, if that guy can do it, I can keep going too. <laughs> oh, poor Eric. Eric did awesome. Yeah. Everybody on our team did awesome. I mean, Kim from Fresh. She said it was the hardest thing she's ever done. Wow, and she, and runs- she works with Mark LaBelle. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, I mean, she runs 10, 10K like it's nothing. And then doing this bike tour for her was uh, one of the f- biggest physical challenges she's faced. And for a lot of people, yeah, it is kind of a bucket list thing to, to say you did it. I rode my bicycle for 150 kilometers. It's quite a feat. Anyone you want to say hi to who you met out there on the ride, Dunner? Well, there's an FM 96 listener named Christina, who, oddly enough, had number 96. Oh. Like, how cool is that, right? She and I have been in touch about MS and stuff, and she's just a young girl. She's out there riding. Uh, she raised a lot of money, over $3,000, I think. So, hello to her and Andrea, one of the MS Bike Ambassadors, and our buddy Gus, who we know from Jack Astor's. He's amazing. Uh, Barry who is the top fundraiser. Nice job, London, Barry. How, mu- how much did Barry make, do you know? Oh, offhand, I don't know, like 50 something thousand dollars, wow. I think. Yeah. Barry gets one of these. Kudos! He does it every year, though. He's been in every single MS bike tour. Well, so do I have to give him, like, 20-something of these? Yeah, he's got to keep going. He's got to keep going. Kudos. All right, Barry. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> it uh, it sounds like you guys had a blast. Uh, Peacock, have you heard the total, Dunner? Yes, uh, $1.4 million. It's pretty amazing, huh? Just for lo- That's just the London ride. I know, it's so great. Hey, uh, since your diagnosis, have there been any major breakthroughs in MS research? Well, they have come up with some new uh, disease-modifying therapies. Like, for me, I take a needle every day. I just self-injection. Yeah. But they are coming up with uh, an oral injection I think you can take. And they've, they've just done a lot of different uh, therapies. But yeah. that's just to help people with MS. Like, I don't know how close they are to figuring out how people get MS or how they can... I truly believe this is an exciting time for for medical research. Technology is advancing so quickly. I I wouldn't be surprised in our lifetime if we saw one or multiple major diseases cured. I hope so, and I hope MS is one of them because it's Canada's disease. I mean, there's a lot of people that know someone with MS, and there's a lot of Canadians with MS. So it's our country's disease, and we need to get rid of it. Well, we know you. You uh, you live with the challenges of MS, Dunner, and again, we are so proud of you, and uh, um, we can't wait to hear more about your, your ride tomorrow when you're back to work. Thanks for getting up early this morning and talking to us here on the Taz Show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, and a huge thanks to everybody that works for the MS Society, Sarah Mann, 
and Amanda Cooper and Laurie McNulty. They are amazing. And I, I, I'm not going to name drop everybody that works there, but especially that trio of people, they've been uh, just solid people that I could count on year after year to help me with my battle with MS. And a huge thanks to them. Dunner, we love you too. Thanks. <laughs> the Tash Show Podcast. Boom! Coming in hot. Not the best audio quality here, but trust us, this is really cool. That's Dave Kroll. And that is FM 96 listener Lucas. He's from Essex, which is down near the uh, Windsor area. And he got pulled on stage to play guitar with the Foo Fighters in Cleveland, Ohio last week. Lucas joins us on the phone. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? You still riding the wave, man? Like, what an experience. <laughs> sure. are you kidding me? <laughs> that is crazy. How long? You're 17 years old. How long have you been playing guitar for, Lucas? Uh, about five years. Okay. Well, it sounds like you've been playing at least six years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Now, you, you, you kept up with the Foo Fighters. What was it? Were you nervous up there? or what was Well, you it? know what? Once I got up there, I just was ready to play the song. I knew if I stood around too long and you started asking me questions, I'd start to freak out. But, you know what? I, I was just ready to go, and I thought once I start the song, I think I'll be all right, and I was. Is Monkey Wrench your go-to? Have you oh, yeah, been training for, sure. for this moment for, for a while? I have, yes. <laughs> How did Dave Grohl know to pull you from the crowd? I always think when I when I see something like this, when I see someone get pulled out of the front row or, or wherever it is, I, I'm always like, oh, that's got to be a setup. It must have been arranged beforehand. It was not. I promise you that. Um, I just brought a sign. I had actually tried to do this in a, a show in Toronto, which he, they never saw the sign, but they saw it this time. I was pretty much front and center. Yeah. Held it up super high. I don't think Dave could have missed it. And then he just looked at me and he's like, all right, get up here. We, we saw the Kiss guy a couple of weeks ago. The dude mm-hmm. who had his face painted like Kiss, he got yeah. pulled on stage and he killed it. So yeah. the bar was set up there for Foo Fighters fans performing with yeah. the band. Well, the thing was, I saw him and I was like, oh, I can't go up now. I can't top that. And I just kind of thought, you know what? I just want to go up and, and play. This is just all. There. There were 20,000 people there. Like, did you mm-hmm. see how many? Did, did you see the crowd when you're up there? Or what, did you like, look out and, and, and like, it take it all a, in? It was a sea of screaming people. Like, it felt like there was a force coming at me. It was absolutely crazy. What's the largest amount of people you've played for before that? Maybe, like, less than even 1,000, I would say. Well, that's still, that's still pretty, pretty good. good yeah. Are you in yeah. a band of your own, Lucas? Yeah, I jam around some friends. What's the name of your band? Uh, I don't even think we have an official name. <laughs> the Two Fighters. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sequel to the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Okay, I want I want to play some more of this. This is Lucas uh, up on stage with Dave Grohl and the guys. You got to do a solo? Yeah. You brought a little Canadiana to your solo, I understand. I did. The very end there. You start playing a little Working Man by Rush. Yep. Had you heard the Foos do that before, or was that a Lucas original? No, yeah, I heard them. I, they ended some songs like that before, and then I thought, okay, I got I to do something in the very end, kind of like a finale, and I'm sure they'll get a kick out of it, and they did. They're big Rush fans. I know Dave yeah. loves, uh, loves Rush. 
Okay, here's another moment that we have to play for everybody. Lucas on stage with the Foo Fighters. That's you singing. Yeah, the, you couldn't really hear the mic as well, but yeah, me and Chris were singing the fall in, fall out part. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, could you feel like when that crowd screams, did, does it like make you vibrate up there on stage? Oh yeah, for sure. It was just, the entire experience was like, just it, I it felt so surreal. felt like I wasn't even standing there. Well, oh like what happens after you get on, like when you're back in the crowd or after, like, are people recognizing? Yeah, people. Yeah, people were taking pictures and you know trying to talk to me and like, hey, let's just do this after the show. I want to watch the rest of it. Any any ladies in the crowd uh, giving you some attention after your performance? Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you get any phone numbers, Lucas? Uh, maybe. Oh boy! <laughs> Look at his finger work. <laughs> Very impressive. Thank you. Um, okay, so, Lucas, you have your guitar on standby here. I want to do this. I, I know it's over the phone. It may not sound great, but we'll yeah. give it a shot here. Can you turn your amp on and maybe give us a little monkey wrench? Yeah, this is, like, full-on ghetto guitar. Ghetto guitar. Sound good? Lucas, you may know him from the Cleveland, Ohio Foo Fighters show last week, performing with the band. This is Monkey Wrench. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm surprised to say this, but I think it sounded better in the YouTube video. <laughs> Our buddy Lucas got pulled on stage with the Foo Fighters last week in Cleveland. Played guitar with the band. Come on, Lucas. You've got to acknowledge your life probably isn't going to get better from here. No, it's all downhill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the story is uh, after your performance, everyone gave you a big round of applause, and then you turned to Dave Grohl, and what did you say to him? I said, hey, Dave, can I have this? And it's his, one of his favorite guitars, and he turns to me and he goes, off <laughs> <laughs> and kicked you off the stage and then back to yeah. reality right yeah that's right well we're just teasing you man it sounds like you're a very talented young dude and uh, we hope you keep it up with your guitar playing yes i will actually do you have any more bristol board lucas i do yeah do you have any plans on the 9th of august um not sure why how would you like to come with a sign that says, Smashing Pumpkins, please pull me on stage and play guitar. <laughs> and we'll party and watch the pumpkins. <laughs> we'll see.
We'll see. We need a yes or no. <laughs> I got to let you know. I don't know. I'm going up to my cottage soon. <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> I'm about to give you the Dave Grohl salute and tell you to F off, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the Tash Show Podcast. Yes, we are playing Who Do You Trust? Myself, Taz, Devin Peacock, and Jacqueline Carbone from 980 CFPL, all in the studio. Jacqueline, this is the first time you've you've played Who Do You Trust, right? Yeah, it is the first time. Pretty excited. But everyone knows you're a big liar, so uh, it <laughs> shouldn't be too difficult for you. <laughs> Let's go to the phone. We've got our contestant, Jeff Dope, joining us. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, how are you guys? You seemed a little sheepish when I asked for your last name there, yeah. Jeff. It's an interesting one, right? So. <laughs> D-O-P-E? Uh, D-O-U-P-E, but pronounced like D-O-P-E. Um, hold uh, your head high. It's legal coming up in a few months. <laughs> you you must have got in high school, been a popular guy. Yeah, it was an uh, interesting time at parties, that's for sure. Okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger's birthday, he's 71 today. I think to honor the Arnold, we should all talk in our best Arnold Schwarzenegger accent during this game. What do you guys think of that? I think that's a good idea. I think I'm going to be really bad at it. I agree, you are. <laughs> we all sound the same. <laughs> Jeff Dope, what do you think? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> okay, I'm going I'm going to start here with the truth just to get it out of the way. The truth about Arnold Schwarzenegger is that he actually doesn't have an accent anymore. I've seen video of him talking just normal like, "Hey, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. How are you? I uh I can't wait to make my new movie." Um and then the camera comes on, he starts talking like this cuz it's his brand. It's how everyone knows him, but he actually lost his accent in 1987. That's the truth. Jacqueline, what do you have about Arnold? Well, the truth from me which is the real truth is that Arnold tried to convince the director of Terminator James Cameron to change the line I'll be back to I will be back because he couldn't say I'll and that is the truth and that is the worst I thought my impression was bad but it is spot on compared to Jacqueline Carbone's impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger Devin Peacock what is your fact Jacqueline Taz, you're both liars. That's kind of Irish. It sounded like a leprechaun. <laughs> This is the truth. We all know Schwarzenegger is very tight with James Cameron. We just heard that from Jacqueline. Well, that extends also to movies they almost made together. You might have heard that James Cameron made a movie called Titanic. Originally, the script called for the movie to also look at the Titanic sinking from the perspective of the iceberg. And so, James Cameron cast Arnold Schwarzenegger to be the voice of the iceberg <laughs> in the movie. But in the editing process, they decided it was too long and it was cut from the movie. <laughs> so the movie would have been 
like the iceberg on one side of the ocean, the Titanic on the other, and slowly they they meet each other. Fate collides in the middle of the ocean. There would have been Leonardo DiCaprio cursing the iceberg <laughs> in and, the water, and the iceberg saying, "I will be back." <laughs> right, Jacqueline? Yes. Okay, Jeff Dope. Who is telling the truth? Is it myself, Taz, that Arnold doesn't even have an accent anymore? Is it Jacqueline Carbone that it wasn't I'll be back, Arnold wanted I will be back? Or is it Devin Peacock with the iceberg thing? What's up? Oh, wait, hold on. Gotta get the accent. As much as I want to believe Devin... I've got to go Jacqueline on this one. <laughs> well, let's let the man of the hour explain who's telling the truth. I could not pronounce uh, really well this aisle. So I just kept saying to Jim Cameron, maybe I should just say, I will be back. As it sounds more like a machine, I will be back. And he says, no, no, no. He says, look, I don't tell you how to act. <laughs> don't tell me how to write. I wrote the line, I'll be back. So why don't you just say this? So I said, but it sounds really weird when I say it with my German accent. I realized how powerful that line was and what the beginning was. So and James Cameron out. was right. Yeah, he was absolutely right. As always, he's always right. Always yeah, James Cameron right. is never wrong. Jeff Dope, you're always right too. Congratulations. You are going to see Amy Schumer in Windsor at Caesars. Thank you very much. What happened to your accent? <laughs> the Tash Show Podcast.